Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much that you're doing a fresh thing here at Kalamunda in our lives. There's a, I just had a picture during worship. I just want you to imagine that you're at the beach and you're waiting to catch that wave, whether it's surfing or body surfing or just, just to catch that wave. That, that I love that thrill of being caught up in a wave, a fresh thing. And the wave you have no control over, but all you can do is just paddle a bit, just do your little bit to get into the wave. And I just feel this morning that there's a fresh wind, as we're saying, a fresh thing happening in Kalamunda Church. And we're in a, we're in a positioning time of just, just doing a little bit of paddling not in our own strength, but just because we want to be positioned with humility, with repentance. We want to be positioned with forgiveness. We want to be positioned with love. And we want to be positioned with unity to catch the fresh wave of God, the fresh move. So, Father, we just pray this morning. I pray this morning there will be a, a sense of every person here, what that little bit of paddling looks like in their life. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the fresh things, the God of a brand new day the God of a brand new month, a brand new year. And Lord, as we approach Easter, the God of new beginnings for every person that would call out your name. There is no one too far from a new beginning this morning with God. There's nothing you've done or could ever do to make him love you any more or any less. He loves you right now. And you've got an opportunity this morning for a brand new beginning. We just thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your fresh wind, your spirit here this morning you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you and grab a seat. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here and it's great to be with you at church this morning. Uh, We pray for those that in isolation, Lord, would you bless them and be with them. Uh, And good to see you. If you're out of ISO and you're you're here back, welcome. It's great. We're in this interesting time. Thank you, worship team. Aren't the worship team wonderful? Uh, I mean, they uh, might not always sing my favorite song, but they're here at 7.30, before 7.30 a.m., and they're committed, and I just, I think that's wonderful, and most of them aren't even hung over, so it's a real blessing. Um, just joking. It's good. It's so good to have committed people. We're blessed. Oh, I'm really excited about where we're at as a church, and, and leading into Easter especially. I uh, really want to encourage you, especially Easter, over the Easter services, to invite somebody uh, we know that uh, often Easter is the time where a lot of people come and uh, uh, hopefully are seeking, but people uh, building friendships. They do say, though, you know, most people will come to church after they've had a meal at your house first or after they've done something. If you're trying to invite someone along, they don't, it's not normally just, hey, come to church. And actually, I'm going to be speaking a little bit about that this morning. Uh, in our series of Promises Greater Than Pandemics, we're looking at one of the pandemic pressures this morning is isolation, is being isolated, something that... Uh, has been like a a word that's been now, you know, welcomed into our lives, like the word mandate, like now isolation, uh, which I didn't grow up saying the word isolation, and I'm sure most of us didn't either. But God's promises uh, are greater than the pandemic pressures, and His promise is uh, about a community and and about having community. And we're so blessed with that. Uh, It's not on the screen, but I read this scripture this morning as I was preparing and having a prayer time in Psalm 68, verse 6, says, God sets the lonely in families. 
Oh, it just touched me this morning. God sets. He sets. You know, I think of concrete setting. He doesn't, he, he sets them. He, he wants to, the lonely to be in families. You know, as a church, we want to be about setting people in community, that you come to Kalamunda and, you know, you feel a part of it, that it's not clicky, it's not this, it's not that, but everybody is somebody. And that's my heart, you know, that everybody is a somebody. And you matter to God, so you matter to us. God wants to set you in a family. I love that thought because the church ultimately is not a club, it's not a business, it's not a, it is a family at its core. There's certainly elements about it that have to be like an organisation and business-like things, but at its core, who we are is family and we are family by blood. You know, God, I want to talk this morning about the purpose and power of connect groups looking at connect groups in the life of our church, looking at community in the life of our church. You know, right from the beginning in Genesis, we were created for relationship. Isn't that the truth? We're created for relationship. And uh, I, remember, uh, I remember the first connect group or small group or life group, or, and if you're new to the church stuff and wondering, what is he talking about? Well, basically what I'm talking about is just that this is here today, Sunday, is what we, the church gathered because church isn't a service. Church is not something you go to. Church is something you are. We are the church. We are his body on earth, Jesus Christ. And so we are gathered today, the church gathered. But, you know, most of our lives are spent as the church scattered. And so... During the week, there are things that churches have done over the years to get small groups together, connect groups, to connect, to do life together. I'm going to talk about that this morning, but in a nutshell, that's what it is. And I remember when we were first married, we'd just been married, and we got in, Sky and I got invited to a, a uh, life group at the local church, and I thought this would be great. And so we went along to the life group, and uh, there was just a mixed range of ages there. And, and I really got a real buzz out of that life group. can't really remember much about the study, to be honest, what we were doing, something about financial uh, stewardship. And uh, anyway, but what I loved about it was, see, I was sheep shearing full-time at the time, and obviously when I rocked up, I, didn't real, I was wearing some of my shearing jeans from time to time, and these jeans had holes sort of through them and all over them. Now, today, that would actually be, you could buy, you could probably get $100 to get a pair of them, and that would be the in thing. But back then, it was considered, gee, maybe this guy needs a bit of a hand, you know, it wasn't considered the fashion of the day. And the, one of the leaders in the Connect group, I didn't know, but she noticed and she inquired about my shearing jeans. And I said, yeah, it's, you know, they're pretty expensive to buy, but I just sort of uh, make do with what I can. And she goes, well, would you like me to patch them up? And I said, would you really be able to do that? She goes, yeah, I'm great at sewing. I could patch them up. I said, great, I've got 10 pairs and I'll be back next week. And I'm not lying. I gave her all these pairs. And she took, spent, and I can't believe how many hours she would have spent sewing and getting all my shearing pants so I didn't have to buy any more. I thought it was wonderful. And you know, when you do life together, when you connect on a deeper level than a Sunday, you get to find out some people have some gifts that you don't have. And isn't that great when you're a recipient? But it's better to give than receive. So she was more blessed than me. So if I hadn't been there, so, and, and you get to discover uh, things about people. You get to go to a deeper level. And we see in Genesis that we were created for relationship. In fact, when God was creating, he created one thing. It is good. It is good. And then he created all the things he created. It is good. Did you know there was only one thing that he said is not good? He looked at the man. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Or well, that word, all one, alone, on his own. And obviously in the context of Scripture, he was creating uh, Eve. He was creating a suitable 
helper. But the principle is still true today that who knows, it is not good to do life alone. It's just not healthy to be all alone. In fact, did you know that in some places, being in isolation, which obviously there's reasons why we have to do it for certain times with COVID, but in some places, being in isolation is a form of torture. Solitary confinement, they would call it, right? And you've watched the prison movies, we're going to put you in solitary. It is a form of punishment to be all by yourself. And all the introverts are like, no, I love being on my own. COVID was awesome for the introverts. I want another lockdown, they said. Me, an extrovert, I couldn't stand it. I had to be around me all the time and it was horrible. So, you know, we were wired differently, but, but over the course of our life, it is not good to do it all on your own, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, or whatever. It is not good, and God says it's not good for man to be alone. In fact, it's a form of torture. If somebody was in solitary confinement for a long time as a form of torture, who knows, things start to happen. Number one, they start to go crazy. <laughs> they start to think differently. Just think about, so it is in the physical, as it is in the physical, so it is in the spiritual Lone Ranger Christians that say, I don't need the church, I'm just doing my own thing and I'm, and, and I'm not having a go at people that are doing their own thing, but I want to tell you, the, if I'm true to the Bible, we need each other. We need the church and we're not going to ever find a perfect church, amen? But you know, in this Bible, it actually tells us things like, you would have heard this if you've been around church circles long enough, the one another's, love one another, forgive one another. Bear with one another. Who knows that you could not do a one another on your own? Quote me on that one. <laughs> you cannot do any of this. You cannot obey this book in isolation. Yes, you can do this and do that. But to be totally isolated is unhealthy. Your thinking gets distorted. But the thing about having, the Bible says, in the counsel of many, there is wisdom. So when you're in the body, when you're entrenched and in the body, and, and the Bible talks about being assembled together, there is a, a sense of safety. There is a sense of clearer thinking. We, we, we bounce things off one another. You have community and you don't, on your own, you're only with your own thinking and wisdom. And God's, God, I believe, says that's not Good. Uh, Proverbs 18 verse 1 says this, A man or woman, a person who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he rages against all wise judgment. He rages against all wise judgment. A man who isolates himself. And, you know, often pressures in life and going through difficulty and hard times, we will be tempted to withdraw, you know, just withdraw a bit more, withdraw a bit more, isolate. And it's, it is something to talk about. It is something spiritually that we don't want to happen. I heard the story of a pastor and he was visiting somebody, just was out of the flock, you know, they'd sort of really wandered off like a sheep wandering off and he went to visit him and um, had a chat with him. They're sitting, it was a cold night, sitting around the fireplace and he just talked about how he's, uh, you know, just really got no desire for God anymore, really lost his hunger. He's just, you know, been offended. He's struggling. Story goes on and on. And the pastor, as the story goes, didn't really have to give him much of a, a, a sermon or an encouragement. He just grabbed one of the coals that were out of the fire that had gone cold. It was dark and a cold coal. And he just removed it with the tongs and put it back in the fire. And they both watched it start to burn 
again, because that's what it is like when you're entrenched in the body of Christ, when you're in healthy relationship, when you're in communion, as we're going to celebrate shortly, communion, when you're in communion, that's where the fire lights, that's where the, where the power is, that's where the passion is. You know, we really are better together, amen? Better together. And when Jesus started his ministry, he said, you know what, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start a small group. Before any big campaign, any big revival, any, anything else, he gets these 12 different diverse people and he starts his own small group who knew in that small group he'd have someone that would even walk out on him would even betray him and he still loved his own small group he still loved his small group and who knows that I think big things happen in small groups big things can happen when we start small that really is the truth really big things can happen when we start small, and Jesus started small and created the biggest thing ever to happen. I'm going to hit on that a bit more in a moment, but I'm going to ask James and uh, Tom, do you mind grabbing some chairs for me? I'm going, we're going to, um, I'm going to invite a couple up, and we're going to, I'm going to interview, part of our vision going forward of big things happening in small groups is to kick off our Connect Group ministry a bit more formally, just in the centre here, thank you, in the life of Kalamunda Church. And so there are already a few, a couple at least, of connect groups that are happening, uh, that are connected outside of the life of Sunday, where people are gathering and, uh, for, and basically doing life together, and they take on different forms and formats. But it's something we really want to lift, we really want to raise, and so um, I want to invite Rob and Claire Ordman up, they're going to come and sit with me, give them a hand for being so brave, <laughs> and just want to have a chat, because I've been... Uh, well, can I get another mic as well? Would that be any other microphones? I should, should have thought of that, shouldn't I? Thanks, James. Um, have a seat. Welcome to our little pretend lounge room. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you don't know Rob and Claire, I basically, number one, we want, I want to introduce them to you as a church. Rob and Claire have been coming here for... Oh, this is spot quiz, by the way. I'm just going to ask all sorts of questions. You'd biggest sins you've done, all sorts okay. of stuff, but not really. You not can really. ask him those questions. Yeah. <laughs> Been coming for about? Since Christmas, four months. Four months. Yeah, great. Excellent. And uh, lo loving getting to meet your family. Owen, your son got baptised recently. Um, before we get into it, um, tell us a bit about you, you, what you do, Rob, and, and your family, what you guys do in terms of uh, kids, married, um, and work, and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, been married 21 years. Um, Two kids, 17 and 12. Uh, Jaslyn's out with um, church, uh, the camels. Um, Owen's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so let's guess which ages is which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my wife is a um, works at Fiona Stanley Hospital. Um, she's a chaplain there, heads up the chaplaincy program there. So she's doing awesome work there. I'm a truck driver. Um, I get to wander the state. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, cool, Rob. No, thank you. And it's, um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, isn't it good that you don't have to go all the way to Broome to get a camel ride today? You can be here in Kalamunda Church. Amazing. Um, yeah, but back to what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and so you guys um, have been involved in, uh, we've caught up before and, and chatted a bit in different forms of churches and connect groups and life groups. And you seem to have a real heart and passion for connect groups in the life of a church. And I just wondered where that comes from, why you're passionate about it. Um, it's just to do life with a bunch of other people, um, 
where you can fall apart, where you can celebrate, where you can help each other, um, yeah, bag each other out, <laughs> just enjoy a meal together, just pray, just to, yeah, one of the hardest things we spent one of the hardest things for us to leave there was leaving the home group, the small mm. group, because like just telling them that we were leaving was the hardest thing for us to do at that time because mm. we're just connected. You can just get together, celebrate a meal together. Um, yeah, yeah. Like we got to see new babies come into the group. We got to see an older lady come into the group, um, and just to be able to yeah celebrate together and just do life together was. It's just our heart. Our heart is to bring people together. Mm. Um, and through that, hopefully, they see Jesus. It's yeah, absolutely. Communion, so. yeah. Tell us about a bit about the format of that, that, that connect group you had then for that. What, what, was, what was the average night look like? Um, together? So we traditionally, a lot of groups meet fortnightly. Um, we chose to do the school term. So we'd meet every week. Um, we'd come together for a meal. Um, and just in having a meal together, like um, everyone kind of brings a dish, and like, we had a smorgasbord of food just about every week. It was awesome, um, to the point that we'd take photos of the <laughs> of the food and send it to the people that weren't there, just to, <laughs> just to annoy them. Um, you're missing out. But um, yeah, it, then we'd like pack up and um, through dessert we'd just get together and either we, some some weeks we'd just pray. Mm. Some weeks, there, um, like the church provided some content, so we get into the content. Um, but because we were doing it every week, yeah, sometimes, you know, like I said, we just had a good chat, catch up with where people are at. Um, yeah, you get to know when you're meeting every week. So we just met every week during school term, and then we'd have a break mm. over the holidays. Um, and then, yeah, you get to know where people are at. Like, oh, they're finding it hard to have a baby. So you just encourage them or they're going through a bit of a financial rut or hey there's something to celebrate it's just doing life together it's just awesome and that's mm. that's kind of what it looked like for us fantastic fantastic and so i mean that's that the, the, we've been talking as an elders eldership about you know the life of connect groups in, in our church and and really wanting to um see it really established well and and so um, I've been chatting with, with Claire about actually coordinating um, Connect Groups. And so we're going to kick off um, what Connect Group launching and start setting up groups and things like that. Um, so we'll talk a bit about that now. Um, a bit about the heart behind that is for relational connection and spiritual growth, that you just will not grow to be all God wants you to be by just a, in an hour and a bit on a Sunday, for sure. Um, but Claire, did you want to add to any of that with your heart for Connect Groups? Um, yes, so you just said then, um, and one of the things that struck us when we first came here was the culture here was very community. Afterwards, everybody would stay and talk to one another. But when I looked on your website, the first thing it says is we're more than a Sunday. Mm. And connect groups or community groups are that opportunity to be a family with each other on more than just a Sunday. And so um, our heart for hopefully launching this and mm. for, for me coordinating this is that everybody here will feel like they're part of and connected to the family more than just sitting here on a Sunday um, and however that looks in all its glorious mess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because um, sometimes doing life with people, journeying with people um, takes you through hard times mm. and I think that's where maturity starts to grow. So being part of a smaller group 
you actually can grow a little bit in um, maturity and also exercising and flexing some of your own spiritual gifts. Mm. Um, and that's where you get um, people like me that, like what you were saying with the shearing and the pants thing, um, people like me that love to cook, love to bless people, and then there's other people that like to make desserts, which I can't do, and they bring desserts. And um, during the week, you know, if you're having a bad day, people hear about it, and it's just it's just an amazing thing just mm. to have... Uh, people that are God's family choosing you because God's chosen you to be part of a family. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. And, you know, the way we, we want to uh, put uh, connect groups in context of the life of our church is it's discipleship. You know, it, it really is all about our great commission, discipleship, to, to make disciples. Yes, we want to see and we'll see people come to know the Lord, but as they're discipled, connect groups is a great platform for that. Um, even though highly relational, as we say, can be highly uh, spiritual as well. So... Um, I just was going to say something about what you mentioned before, but I think, like you said, in the glorious mess, it would be great to see a smorgasbord of different types of connect groups. Would that be true? Yes, absolutely. So um, I know at the moment there are a few people who um, run connect groups. There's a women's group. Um, there's a um, group that will be starting for marriage enrichment. Um, there's um, We'll be starting a connect group which would be aimed at... Um, families of sort of tweens and teenagers um, and we'll probably do that on a Friday night so that if you drop your kids off at youth you can come hang at our place until uh, the time's Great. up. Awesome. Um, and we're hoping that through that as well they don't have to all look the same. Um, you might have a group that go and, and walk your dog you know together or mm. you might cycle or you might you know it, it might look very different but the whole purpose is to meet people in the stages where they are mm. um, and to actually have that opportunity to um, to journey, mm. I think, with people. I think that's a huge thing, journeying with people. If, if you look at um, Jesus and his group of disciples, they journeyed with him um, and they met people along the way and I think that helps to enlarge your heart for community because um, you're mm. already exercising that community focus within your mm. small circle. What about people maybe here today or and uh, are listening when they listen online, maybe thinking, oh, I'd like to to get involved in something like this, Claire, and it sounds like it, it's very beneficial and very scriptural, but, you know, I don't want to get stuck with uh, that person for the rest of my life in a connect group every Wednesday dealing with them. Like, I'm really, I'm really, you know, I, I'm, you know, what would you... <laughs> well... <laughs> And it we happens. have a plan. You mean to go? Yeah, we, we have, have a plan. We have a plan. <laughs> we have a plan. Look, it does happen. It's actually happened to us, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, people, no. Um, but it has, and it does happen. We're all wired differently, and you'll find that some people you will naturally just connect with, and some people you'll need to work with. And so, as the um, coordinator, um, I'll be checking in with the groups to make sure that people are okay. But you're also welcome to come and talk to me if you're really struggling, you're really uncomfortable, if you've been asked to join a group and it's just not helping. We want this to be helpful, not a hindrance. Mm. So um, please just come and talk mm. and um, we'll find ways to work through it. Um, we'll also be talking on um, a regular basis with the leaders. There'll be lead nights. I'm probably jumping ahead. That's all right. But um, that will be helpful to those who are wanting to lead or are leaders um, and talk through some of the, the barriers that there might be to your group actually starting to gel together. or um, So there'll, there'll be practical tools that we'll be able to, to mm. share with people too. But a big part of being alongside people is the maturity thing too. So you might find that um, 
there might be something in that relationship that's reflecting something for you. So it could actually be helpful. But mm. um, come talk. And the other thing is we plan on launching for term two um, for fortnightly connect groups. Um, but your Friday one will be weekly. Others will be dispersed. And we'll, we'll, we plan to get a, a good uh, way to see this on, the, on our website etc. so people can uh, understand what's going on. But we just want to launch one term. So if you're interested in connect groups, um, we want to let you know that uh, both the Next Step Lounge is a place to put your name down. Uh, Claire's going to be out there for the next couple of weeks in this for this area. Um, but also we're going to get, I've got to talk to somebody and get our email set up for connect at calamunda.church so you can actually email through for this area. Uh, so there's going to be ways to connect. But we are thinking, aren't we, just the term by term for the rest of this year? Yes, yes. We'll just start slow and see where things lead. So um, if you can commit to a term and then we can reassess after a term, that would be great. Mm. I think um, that having a heart to commit to it, um, you'll be surprised at what God can do. Exactly right. That's, that's right. So, so um, again, your role, Rob said, is you oversee pastoral care and oversee the chaplains at Fiona Stanley. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so Claire's had lots of experience, and she won't say this, I'll say it for you, lots of experience and is, is really skilled with this pastoral care space, counselling space. Um, and, and I just really appreciate her heart um, and Rob's to, to serve in this area and her heart to, to take this on voluntarily to oversee this. Um, and so I think it's a wonderful thing. So I just want to say that, that and so people are able to navigating through some of this space. Already the, uh, the calendar of the lead nights and what we're planning look fantastic. I'm really excited about what can happen in this space. Um, so, yeah, so we've jumped ahead, but that is sort of the, the plan for the lead nights. And who knows, you may get in a group for term, that next term, and just try it out, test the waters, and it becomes the group for the rest of your life. Who knows, it's the one you never want to leave. Um, however that looks, and we'll be promoting sort of what that looks like for different people, and also promoting um, different groups at each time, like up on the stage saying, hey, here's another group on the screen. Uh, this is what this group does, so that you know this group is about this, this group is about that. Um, so I think we're nearly at the end. Are you pretty comfortable? Um, so the next step would be to register your interest. You may be interested in even being hosting a connect group at your home, but you don't want to lead it. You'd never lead it or facilitate it. Lead, everyone gets scared of the word leader. But if it's facilitator, maybe it's a bit different. But, but you might want to have a host home could, or you might want to be a leader or you might want to just um, be, be involved. I just would like to come along and test it out. Could you, um, this is Claire, this is Rob, feel free to come and talk to them. Come and put your name down, register with Claire. And uh, like I said, as we go, we're going to talk about different groups that pop up. If you're interested in leading, come to the first lead night, which is planned for the 26th of April, Tuesday night. I'll confirm that. We'll put more stuff out about that. But it would be planned to, um, if you come to that, doesn't mean necessarily you're going to lead a group. But you might just want to come and have an interest, show interest and inquire and see where we're heading forward. So, cool. So this is what we're kicking off. So, yeah, can you put your hands together for Claire and Rob? Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Ah, they're all right. They can stay there. Or, or, yeah, do you want to grab them off for us, fellas? Thank you. Sky, can you pass my communion? Little communion, if I got one. Thank you. Cool. Who believes in connect groups? A couple of us. Good. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be great. So. Um, Get the, there's going to be a lot more information and in, input and, and ways to connect in this space. It's all about connection. My next slide there, we're going to go to a scripture. Acts 2.42, very well known, says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe 
and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Now we see that when the, in Acts 2, the birthday of the church, the church is born and, and what caused this amazing growth uh, in numbers was actually going smaller to be able to cater for bigger and it was just being effective. And it's not that we want to be all about numbers here at Kalamunda, even though God did write a book called Numbers, but it's not all about numbers, it's all about people. And so every person is not a number, every person is someone God loves. And so the more effective that we can be in connecting people, uh, the more we're about the Great Commission, the more about this. But we see here that they, they connected around a couple of things, which I'm going to close off in, in a moment, and we're going to take communion together around these things. And I want you to take, us to take some time to reflect what God may be saying in our own journey. We see that often... Uh, it is, don't, often, I've got this quote here, another preacher said it, I can't lay claim to it, but it says this, if we resist the mundane, we will miss the miraculous. And I love here, or back to that scripture, I love how they're, they're just committing, they're devoted, and the word devoted means that there is a commitment. To, to be a part of a connect group, there is a devote, it is a commitment. It'll take time, it'll take energy, and it won't be for every single person a type of connect group in this format. It may not fit with where you're at. But it may be for some that it just really does fit and it will be a commitment to devote yourselves to some things in a connect group. And it's uh, something to be, even though it seems like a commitment, it's just these small things they got around. The apostles teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread. Uh, they went from home to home, it talks about. And then it says the miraculous happened. Everyone was filled with awe and miraculous things happened. Signs and wonders. Uh, God was moving. We know that people were being healed. Just Peter walking down with his shadow, casting his shadow, just amazing things that God was doing. The miraculous always happens when the mundane is embraced. Sometimes just, I know for my journey in Connect Group, sometimes it's like, oh, do I, I'd really just rather go to bed earlier tonight. I really want to do that. It's a commitment. But every time you take that little mundane step, often a miraculous thing can happen. And it's so true in everything. I mean, often you watch the footy or you watch the cricket or you watch the sport and someone does this amazing goal or, or that amazing catch on the boundary, that one hand catch on the boundary, remember that one, and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing, what, what a freak catch, it wasn't a freak catch at all, that catch is backed up by hours and hours of mundane, day in, day out, practice, after practice, after practice, and it's all those little mundane things that add up to an amazing, miraculous thing. And so it is as we commit to things as a church, as we make a commitment to, to connecting to life together in the small things, we'll see miraculous things start to happen. We'll see testimony after testimony of what God is doing in a big way through small groups. So just a couple of thoughts from this scripture as we prepare our hearts for communion. Number one, is uh, there's a, and there's heaps on this, so I'm not going to try and preach it all. What's the time? Ten, it's not going to try and preach it all now, but a couple of things is... When we uh, commit to something like this, when we commit to relational connection, that's the first one, it's relational connection. Uh, you know, the Bible says there they committed to the fellowship. You know, fellowship isn't just socializing, is it? Fellowship isn't just finishing a church service and having a coffee and saying, gee, the weather's good. Fellowship is deep relationship, is, is deep connection, is much deeper where you are doing life together, intertwined, so connected, and, and it's, where it's a spiritual connection to fellowship. Uh, but it's about having a relationship, and who can have a relationship without spending that time together? 
And when Jesus wanted his people to follow him and followers to follow him, he first asked them to believe in him. And he asks us the same thing. Don't just believe in his message, believe in me. It's about a relationship with a person before it is about any programs or doing anything. It's about a relationship with Jesus and it's a relational connection in the church that God is really passionate about. Love that uh, proverb. You would have heard it, 27 verse 17, as iron sharpens iron. So one person to another. Uh, that, that iron sharpening iron. I know for me uh, in sheep shearing, when you grind your gear for your shear, the sh- it's all about how sharp your gear is. The effectiveness of being able to cut through that wool and not get tendonitis, the effectiveness of not having a backache at the end of the day, the effectiveness of not being really stuffed at the end of the week is all not really about shearing a sheep. It's not how strong you are. It's not how you can handle it. It's not not about brute force. It's all about what happens when no one's looking and you're grinding your gear. No one's there. It's just you and your grinder. It's a very lone, private time. It's a very holy moment for a shearer. It's very powerful. And, And if you don't get that sharp edge, your effectiveness in public is hopeless. You look like an idiot trying to shear this sheep and it's all coming off in hunks and pieces. Your numbers are down. It all comes back to what happened in private and in that connecting time. And, you know, as one man, as iron sharpens iron, and the way I shear at the moment, because I'm part-time, or at the moment, whenever I do little hobby sheep and stuff like that, see, I, I refuse to buy new gear. They all make fun of me. I said, look, I'm not a full-time shearer anymore. I'm not spending money on new gear. So what I do is I have these really sharp combs, and they're called old, because they're very old. They've been around a long time and had a lot of grinds. But I, the way you do it is you put a, a new, a younger cutter with the old comb. And when you do that way, you just get this really sharp cut that can just go through you, go through the wool so fast. It's so good. And I often think about that and I think, you know, we need to have relationships with old and young and, and connecting with other people, other experiences that are different from us. Some have been worn a little bit longer, if you know what I'm talking about, and some are a little bit newer and, and some have different experiences to this. But as, they come, as you come together, iron sharpening iron, you will become more effective in your Christian walk. Does that make sense? And it's fellowship that sharpens you. Fellowship that sharpens you. Someone once said you are the sum total of the seven people you spend the most time with. Interesting thought. And secondly, and I'll, uh, we'll close off after this one. Secondly, is not just relational connection, but spiritual connection and spiritual growth. Yes, G, we want to connect with people because we need each other. We're better together. But there is a purpose. As I said, it is a purpose to go deeper with God. It says they uh, were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. And to prayer. I really want to encourage you this Tuesday night. Uh, we've been going out to the streets to pray for our prayer walks, and I really enjoyed the last one. It was fantastic uh, in praying for the community, mainly because I feel like I did so many kilometres that night. I walked so fast, keeping up with Tim. <laughs> it was good, and, uh, it, and it's good. But there are times also where I want us to, and we've talked about mixing it up a bit, on Tuesday night at 7.30, actually coming and praying together for one another, praying for Easter, praying for the lost, praying for salvations this Easter, for effectiveness. And there's times to come and pray and build one another up. And that'll be on Tuesday night where we can uh, maybe even, who knows what we'll we'll do, break up into groups and pray together and pray for one another. It's a powerful thing. But notice this, what they were committed to. They were committed to the Word of God. They were committed to praying together. And this was so important in their journey. So we're going to take communion together. And the reason we're doing it at the end is it's in the context of family and community. 
because I really feel there'll be connect groups that start that will be doing this without this. You'll be taking communion in your homes without the, the wrappers that might be around a meal like it was. Like it might be around, you know, when the, 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 the loaf of bread. Really, we take a little biscuit representing Jesus' body, but we also, it's the loaf and we're all part of one loaf as we pull that little bit out. As you take your cracker today and soon as we take it together, you're a part of a body. You're a part of a body. We all need each other. It's a whole other sermon we'll get into but about how, we, how when we are assembled together, how you know, every part has a part to play in the body. And the eye can't say to the toe, I don't need you. And the finger can't say to the arm, I don't need you. And we need each other. And you bring something. As you take communion this morning, a couple of things I'd ask us to do. Number one is think about being a part of the body. The body of Christ, yes, bigger than Kalamunda, the body of Christ in general, global. But also, would you think and pray about what is my part here at Kalamunda? Am I, am I ready to commit to my part in Kalamunda? What would that look like, God? Would you do that in me as we take that in a moment? And then obviously we've got the, the juice which represents Jesus' blood. That we can be forgiven, we are forgiven and totally cleansed of all our sin. But, you know, I wanted us to, as we take that together, you know, as we think about relationships, as we take communion, it's a great time to stop and say, Father, are there any relationships in my life and I spoke on this last week, they don't need to be perfect. But am I doing all things possible on my part to live at peace with all people? Lord, are there any relationships that I need to just repent for something I've said or done? Is there anything in me that you want to bring up as we take communion? It's a holy moment where, yes, we connect with God vertically, but he's really concerned about our horizontal relationships as a family. As any father or mother looks at their kids and just loves it when they are in harmony, yeah? Love it when they're playing together, when everybody's in the sandpit not killing each other. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> and God looks down and sometimes he goes, just play nicely in the sandpit. <laughs> it's okay. And so I'm going to pray and then we're gonna, I'm going to hand back to the worship team. And as I'm praying, let's just uh, spend this moment now in a moment of prayer. Just still before the Lord. It's you and him, but it's you and us. Father, I just pray for us as a church community that we wouldn't only connect well to you, our Father in heaven, but Father, that we would connect well with each other. That we would live out the one another's. Lord, I want to pray for as we launch off connect groups that it would all be centered around you, and that's why we're taking communion now, Father, to remember that it's, it's all about you. It's all about the forgiveness we've received. It's all about the body we're a part of. It's all about the family. It's all about coming to a table and having a seat because we belong. In your own time, just take the, the bicky representing his body and feel free to drink the juice in your own time representing his blood as you just spend a moment thanking the Lord.
Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise this morning from our hearts. Maybe someone here, and it's a bit new to you, a bit different, taking this stuff, celebrating this. We want you to know God loves you. You don't have to get it all together because he's already put it together at the cross when he died for your sin and rose again. That's what we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks in a special way at Easter. That he just loves you for you and he died for you before you even believed in him. And you might not believe in Jesus, but I tell you, Jesus believes in you. He loves you. Fathers, we celebrate this special representation of a meal. I want to pray that there'll be many more meals together, whether it's in connect groups or just families and connecting and as a church, growing relationally. Lord, when there's times where there's conflict that will grow, as we've talked about, when there's times when there's celebration, we continue to grow. And I just ask, Lord, for us a special blessing from your spirit that our love for one another would not grow cold that the love would not grow cold as in the last days but this would be a place where love is burning hot that we do accept forgive and love one another and as we've taken communion I just pray Lord we just thank you for a fresh start a clean slate totally brand new 